When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm joined by Anthony Vickers and Philip Talentaya for our first Tribe Supper in what seems like a while, although we say that every time we do one now, don't we? So it's Phil's first appearance this season. Just about, Season of debut. I think it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I think I might have done one early, so, but obviously made a massive impression on you guys. And I don't want to be in the <laughs> same room as Jono when he finds out we've done one without him. <laughs> Uh, obviously Borough have lost two on the bounce going down at home at Palace and then at Everton um, and it doesn't get any easier with Spurs up next. It's it's the first tough spell, I guess, when you'd have looked at the fixtures beforehand, it, it had the look of Borough's first tough spell and, and so it's proved. Um, is, is Was that always going to happen, Vic? And, and how important is it now that Borough bounce back sooner rather than later and, and it doesn't become a, a bit of a rut? Yeah, of course it was going to happen. We, we all knew that. We sat down and in pre-season and we said you know the first four fixtures look kind we've got to bank, get some points in the bank and put down a marker and adapt quickly because after that you know it's a very steep steep learning curve uh, Everton were uh, had the opportunity to go third when we when we played them Spurs are already second aren't they you know that that's we're at the, the sharp end now and it's going to be very very testing but we knew this was going to happen. We knew that they were playing against teams absolutely packed full of quality. And you know what we have to do is, <coughs> collectively, not just the team, we have to be aware that we have come through that first spell in quite good shape. We've got points on the board. We've played a lot of the teams that we're going to be in and around for the rest of the season and come through those games. Having learnt a few things, I mean, maybe you didn't get as many points as we wanted, but haven't been battered, never been out of the, those games, uh, gradually got to grips with the tempo and the style of this division. And we're taking baby steps for what's going to be a long, hard season. But yes, it's going to get hard now. You touched there on, on having been battered. I mean, Everton, Karanka made the point afterwards that, that other teams would have lost five, six or seven. And, and at one point, it did look like, like that could well be the case. Phil, I heard you saying this morning that Although Borough didn't offer anything going forward in the second half, the heads certainly didn't go, did they? No, they didn't throw the towel in. That was one of the few pleasing factors. I think, I think from my point of view, the great imponderable is how good Borough can be. And I, you know, we're a month into the season, just over, and I don't think we really know yet, do we? Um, there, are still, there are still worries and, and, and issues within the team that we, we know need addressing. I think, I think pretty much everyone's in agreement with that. Um, what the solution is moving forward, we're not quite so sure. I think the squad's been a little bit exposed. I mean, I sat here a few weeks ago saying I think he's covered all the bases, but I'm not. Maybe I'm maybe having second thoughts about that now. When I look at the squad, the, the sort of the options going into Everton, and certainly, certainly halfway through the game against Everton, you're looking really how can Itar change it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's it would be ridiculous to panic or to you know to to get you know to, to get all doom and gloom. I think the simple factor is everybody connected with with Middlesbrough is readjusting to the situation whereby, for two years, Borough were winning three quarters of the matches, or it felt like that. And when they weren't winning, they were drawing, and everything was upwards. Everything was positive. Promotion was the target, and now we've 
we're having to mentally readjust to a situation whereby Middlesbrough will lose two and three games on the spin. I think by sheer mathematics, if they finish lower mid-table, they'll probably lose upwards of half the games. We something like that. We eighteen, eighteen, I think. 18 which is a, is a lot of defeats. So what we can do when Middlesbrough lose a game is suddenly think the world's ended. You know, Everton are a good team and they've got some great players. And I think we'll touch on in a second some of the more concerning elements of the way Middlesbrough are performing. But, you know, nonetheless, it, it's certainly not a disaster. It's an evolutionary process as well, isn't it? I mean, every single player is stepping into something that's, that's new. We've got, I mean, there's only really Stewie Downing that's got a lot of experience. But even then, he's not used to, and the same in the grade all other experience, they're not used to being in that, in that dogfight as it is. Either when you look at Downing, he's played at West Ham, Liverpool and Villa. He was in teams who, I know, were in his last year. But even, it's different even for those players with the experience. I mean, I, I do, I'm confident that the players are going to adapt. And we've seen it during games. I mean, the first 20 minutes at Sunderland, George Friend got turned inside out by Janazai. And, you know, we were watching it through our fingers, and I'm sure people at home are watching from behind the settee. But over the course of that game, though, he got to grips with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, he realised what the tricks were. He started taking sort of positions to, to counter that. And by the end of the game, he was well on top of, of, of both the flankers. So the players do have the capacity to learn. Obviously, it's a higher risk in the Premier League. And you're facing teams that only need half a chance. Whereas last year, you were facing teams that needed three chances to really hurt you. And now we're facing far, far better teams. So the learning curve is steeper. But it, it is still early days and the players are still learning the intensity, uh, the fact that every player they're up against is fitter, faster, he's got more nous. The, the opposition teams are more tactically aware, they're better at game management. And these are the areas where you can't really coach. It can only be learned through experience. And sometimes you've got to accept that in getting that experience there's going to be a couple of setbacks and mistakes but that's the only way you're going to learn the chances thing you touched on there we saw at Palace you know you mentioned about teams in the past who Borough have played against getting one two or three chances this year that's Borough in it Philham we saw against Palace when Negredo missed the opportunity of 1-1 just how crucial they can be didn't we yeah well I thought that was as just as important as the fact that Borough didn't get those penalties off, off of that matter the mistakes that led to Palace's goals um, Borough are pinning so much on a player like Negredo because we just talked about the lack of experience in the team. Borough's lack of Premier League experience is there for all to see. George Friend, Danny Ayala, uh, Gibson, Barragan, um, Veldas is no Premier League experience to speak of even though he was at Man United for a couple of years. You move forward, Forshaw's got little or none, Clayton's got little or none, um, Deroon's got none. Um, and even even in the attacking midfield positions, Ramirez isn't a proven Premier League player. You've only really got Downing, who I think stood out head and shoulders in terms of maturity and the way he approaches a game. Um, and it's very easy to knock him. But I think I think that the simple point is they they're learning, but they've got to learn quick for their own point of view because they're not going to be in the team. We saw we saw with um, Adam Clayton that Aitor Karanka isn't going to give players a second chance if they have a bad day. On the back of a quiet day, which was the case with Adam, um, they'll be out of the team, and somebody else will get get an opportunity. I think that's I think that's you know, Espinosa must be knocking on the door now. Callum Chambers must be knocking on the door. I, I even think if Fabio was fit, he'd be knocking on the door because George Friend, you know, no one could question his aptitude, his work rate, his commitment. But he's had a couple like the whole defence has struggled at this level, and 
And Aitor will try options. He, he needs to find a solution because the next game Spurs. The next game after that is West Ham away. You know, we, we see the fixtures piling up. There are no gimmies. There's nothing to suggest for one minute that you know Karanka should should panic at the back and, and make changes all at once because obviously you look at that back four who've who've been hugely successful in the last two seasons. Were we a bit naive to think that that because I certainly did. I thought again that Borough's success this season would be pinned on on a rock solid defence and and it may well be the case. But we were we a bit naive if we thought that it was going to be easy for the defenders to to make that step and, and to keep the shutouts like they did last year. I don't think anyone expected it to be easy. But I, did, I do think people expected that to be the bedrock of the team. And I think as the season pans out, it still will. Yeah. And when I tour first came here, the first four or five games that he was in charge of were an absolute dog's breakfast. And the goals were flying in left, right and centre. And but he had inherited a very dodgy defence, to be fair. He did, but he organised that same defence. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of five or six mm. games... You know, he identified the problems and he coached the problems and he got people organised and disciplined. And, and over the course of the next two or three months, that became the platform on which that season was built. And I think that will happen again. I mean, he'll be having sleepless nights. Him and his prozone people will be going over every single goal, all the chain of culpability for every, every run of mistakes leading to every goal. And they'll be looking at a way of rectifying that. It may be personnel changes. It may be that uh, they don't push out so much. It may be that they the, the rearrange the midfield. But he will be thinking of a way of, of stopping that because that's the way he wants to build his team. And I still think over the course of the season, you know, it's going to be based on defence. But there are initial teething problems. I think, I think people talk about the superstars in opposition teams, don't they? The Lukaku's, the Benteke's. For me, the, the thing that stood out in the last couple of matches is that the... The defensive midfielders and the attacking midfielders in the opposition teams have looked really hard to handle. You haven't just got two players like you had in the Championship, just sat like Ledbetter and Clayton were able to do. You got the got, I can't pronounce it. You, you got Gaia, Gaia, You know he was out, outstanding and he's an experienced player. But I thought even Palace's defensive midfielders were were on the day a lot better than Burrows and that was a little bit of a wake up call. Was it Pun- was it Punchin, I think, was yeah. one of them. Um well, just they're they kind of interlinked a lot. And I, th- and I think that's what we need to see more from Burrow. You know, at the moment Stuart Downing is having to sacrifice nearly all of his attacking instincts just to make sure Burrow aren't swamped in midfield. And and that's leaving people like Negredo massively exposed. Ramirez isn't getting much service and Sui, let's be honest, didn't have the greatest game again against Evan. So there, there are real structural issues that have to be addressed, and Aido's not stupid. He knows that. He knows. He knows. He knows that. You know, he might say publicly one thing. We know that on Sunday morning he'll have sat down and said, "Right, how can we stop?" As Victor says, this chain of change of, of accidents that lead to a goal, the culpability that can start in your own half or in the you know outside the opposition's box where a player doesn't close down and another player doesn't close down and everyone's pointing the finger at George Friend or at Danny Ayala, but three or four things have gone wrong in the build-up to that moment. And then, of course, Valdez gets pelters for not stopping it. But the reality is that, you know, it's a team... The Premier League is such a team game, isn't it? The, um, on the touch there on the, on the attacking four and Stuart Downing and, 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 and Emilio Nsue was on the right against Everton, a lot's been said of kind of... And Sue was maybe in there to offer that bit more protection, down in offers a protection for friend. Given that the, the three players behind and the striker are the, the four players whose primary job is to attack, and probably the only four players, do, 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 should Borough 
be naming those players with, with attacking threat in mind instead of protecting the, the defence in mind. Because because suddenly Borough do look shy of options up top, don't they? If, if you've got Downing and Sue concentrating more on protecting the full back. I think they would argue that they do. I think, I, think, I, I, think, I think it's an unwritten rule for most away games this season that Borough will start out looking for a draw. Because... It's just you've just got to be logic about these things. The idea of going out I hear, I hear people saying Borough didn't have a go at Everton. That was nonsense, frankly. You don't go out to a team like Everton with players who can pick you off at, you know, by by going out all guns blazing and throwing five men forward, you know, and leaving huge gaps to exploit. It doesn't happen in football like that. I think we've also been a little bit clouded by our cup results, which suggests, you know, with the Man City win, the the, the result at Man United last season, Borough played Terrific football in the cups, but at the end of the day, they were, they were on a hiding to nothing. They're underdogs, you know. They were in a win-win situation, weren't they? It's different in the league, you know. You've got to you look. You've got to play the play the long game. I think they do set out with the, an, an attacking intent, but I, I don't think they've necessarily got the options. We, you know, we could talk all day about Ramirez and Insui. To me, I'm not sure either of them are premier, the, the answer in the long term. Ramirez has to be because he was signed to be. He has to be a Borough's number ten, so he has to become more consistent. The solution on the right, I haven't got the answer because I don't think Stuan is necessarily the answer. Although he's the best option, I don't think Ensui is, frankly. And I'm not. I haven't seen Triori long enough to judge him. So, so I think if there's a problem, it's who's going to play on the right. But we've sat in here this and had these chats so often. I've, I've personally always thought that the attacking midfield trios, the the, the the least settled area and I continue to think that now. There's a need, isn't there, Vic, for Triore and or Fisher to, to I guess hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean they they will offer something different. I mean in terms of the chances I think again it's an evolutionary process. But we've seen in flashes that Borough can threaten teams. I mean against Stoke, they could have another two or three before the before the break. At Sunderland, both those goals were quick moves out of defence and, and they, they looked sharp there. And against Palace, they could possibly have, could have had another couple before before Palace took control. So, but again, you've got to take your chances. But yeah, the, the, we need to have a different dimension because what we found is that pace is the thing that really hurts teams, and it's the thing that the Borough defence is struggling with. And we saw for the the fifteen minutes that Traore was on the pitch against Palace that once he showed that he had afterburners, their defence changed their behaviour completely mm. because they know that pace is going to is going to hurt you. They can, they know if a player can can skin them and get behind them, and they they change the way they played. And that, in doing that, it freed up a little bit more space and time in the area behind him to to pick out the pass. So we know Triori. I mean, not, he's a, he was a sub ten second sprinter when he was a teenager. So, you know, he, he's got pace. There's no question about that. Fisher looks mobile. I, I haven't really actually seen him, you know, burn down the wing over. 30, 40, 50 yards, but you know, over the, over a short space, he, he seems to have you know a very good turn of pace. We need to see that in dangerous areas, and we will get to see that when Borough are in a position where they're dominating space and actually putting teams under pressure, and that's when you need it to get behind the fullbacks and, and maybe put in, you know, find an angle to, to put a ball in the box. As it is, we haven't seen that yet. Little flashes, maybe little fledgling flashes, but. You know, it's going to have to come soon because, you know, to win games, we're going to have to score goals. 
I know Tokarenka says that, you know, if, you, if, you, if you'd asked him about it, he says he doesn't have a, a strongest 11 and he judges each one by the game. But it'd be hard at the minute, wouldn't it, to, to pick out even what we think would be Borough's strongest 11, judging by what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, because um, because we haven't seen Espinosa yet, for example, so we don't know how good he can be. Callum Chambers has got a bit of Premier League experience. He, he can't be too far away. Um I, I mean, almost going back to the first point, I, I am a little bit surprised that defensively we have been so vulnerable in the last few matches because I didn't expect, I don't think Borough have, a, we talked about this in the press box at Evan. I don't think Borough have a footballing back four. They're not the sort of players who really comfortable in possession, the more physically strong battlers, aren't they? Your Ben Gibsons, your Danny Ayalas, they should be good in a scrap. George Friend, no one likes tackling George Friend, we've seen him leave wingers in a heap plenty of times. So physically, they shouldn't be getting intimidated. But there's certainly, you know, teams when teams run at them on, you know, with pace, as we saw with Everton, um, it's d- difficult for any defence to defend against that. But there's times to me where they look, they've looked. I don't know. I don't want to use the word disorganised, but particularly on set pieces, corners. You know, the, the the Everton goal that came from the corner. Everyone talks about the challenge from Ashley Williams, but really, what was the ball doing? getting into the six-yard box unchallenged. He went over Negredo's head, I think it was. Now, I don't know whether that was his job to, to cut out that incoming ball or whether it was just too high for him, but that's happening too often. We saw with the Palace goals, you know, Borough should be able to defend set pieces. It's, it's another question dealing with Delafeo when he's running at you at 100 miles an hour or, 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 or a Blassi. You know, that is a very hard thing to, 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 to deal with. And it's, but, but set pieces, that, that needs to get better and, and quickly. The, the keeper situation, we'll, we'll touch on it. Um, you mentioned there the, the William, the Everton's first goal, and, and Valdez was, you know, challenged clearly unfairly, and both goals were when you when you reflect. Although I was insistent at the time that Negredo should have stood <laughs> when I first seen, quickly changed my mind when I'd seen that again. Um, th- there seems to be a, a bit of. Um, well, a call for Valdez to be dropped already from some quarters on social media. Is that fair? And. and have we seen anything from Valdez yet to suggest he's better than Guzan? Have we seen anything from Guzan to suggest he's better than Dimi? How do you how do you assess the goalkeeper situation? Well, the bare facts are that Guzan's played two games and conceded one, and Borough taking four points from those games. So that doesn't necessarily mean he's the best keeper, but it means you know if you're looking at stats, that's not a bad bad place to be starting from. One of the problems is that uh, a section of the fans decided these two keepers weren't up to it before they even pulled a shirt on. And when you go into games with that mindset, you're looking for mistakes that perhaps, if you like a keeper, if you like Dilly or you like Shea Gibbon, you don't see those mistakes. Uh, goals go in because of a collective failure in the team. That's the bottom line. And the, the, of the last five goals, I, I think four of them, the keeper's been left exposed by a whole chain of events in the defence. And it's all very well saying, oh, well, uh, Dilly would have stopped those, but... Dimmy wouldn't have put a, put a tackle in on Seamus Coleman, and that's where the problem came from. So it's hard for keepers to come in and adapt, especially you know from, from abroad or whatever, and try to adapt to a new team if the defence is under pressure. That's exactly what I was just about to say. This, the first, this is the first time a Borough keeper's had to play behind anything other than a rock-solid defence. Yeah. You made this point with Jason Steele. With Jason Steele, yeah. yeah. I mean, Shea Given was great, but he benefited because I taught Karanka got that back force. I mean, one of the most not forget he let five goals in his first three games yeah, yeah. because that's when the defense was chaotic. Yeah. And I think I think that's a Vic makes a massive point there that about you know, if you're a keeper playing behind an uncertain back four, 
with the, you could be the best goalkeeper in the world. You're gonna look, you're gonna look vulnerable. You're gonna look shaky. Your decision making is gonna look a bit questionable because you don't know if Danny Ayala's Ayala's going for the ball or whether he should be going for the ball. You know, it it's. Um, I also think we've got to be realistic about this. Um, I know Dimmy's got his supporters and he didn't let anybody down. And obviously, you know, I think his career um, trajectory at Borough was amazing, and, and credit to him for for turning around his career. Clearly, somebody at the club made the decision in the summer that he wasn't a Premier League keeper. Otherwise, he'd be he would have started the season. So, so that decision's been made. They're not going to go back on that decision. And and, and let's be honest, we're not talking about somebody who had five or ten years in the Premier League and like like Shea Given did. Dimmy's never played at that level. And if you factor in the fact that he played behind the best defense, that you know for the last two years, a fantastic defense, then then you know you know. It, it's inevitable that fans would rate him and value him, and why shouldn't they? So the factor is now: do we stick with what we've got? That I guess that is the, the big decision. Valdez has looked a bit uncertain and a little bit shaky, and Guzon at times has as well. So it all comes down to sorting the defence out, doesn't it? Now, which way, I, which way is Aitor going to go? I don't think he's going to go back to Dimi, but should he go back? Well, what's he going to gain by doing that? You know, he's, he's got to. He's got to make Valdez work for me, and if Valdez doesn't work, he's got to make Guzan work. That they're the two keepers who were signed this summer. They're the two keepers who who are moving forward will be Borough goalkeepers. They're probably on decent <laughs> decent money as well. So there's another factor for making it work. Um, but 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 I think those two will improve the moment the defence improves. Uh, finally, um, two defeats on the bounce. Obviously, Spurs up next, which is another tough game. One of the more tougher games at home. Do, do you expect? Plenty of changes, or do you think, like like the Everton game, a tinker maybe here and there, but largely he'll stick with, with what he's got with so far? Uh, if he wants to make changes, he's got a perfect excuse now after two defeats with certain you know, different areas of, of the team not quite functioning properly. It would be nice to see Callum Chambers. I mean, as Phil says, he has got experience, probably more experience than anyone else in, the, in our back line at that level. It'd be nice to see him. It'd be nice to see uh, Espinosa at some point. Uh, I'm never in favour of, of knee-jerk changes because the, the, the issue is the shape and the mentality and the tactical approach. That's, that's got to be right first. And what, what we were successful at last year was building a shape, a formation, a mentality that everybody in the, the team were aware of so you could interchange the parts. And that is the long-term aim. But I think he will make changes, to be, to be honest. I mean, I'd like to see uh, Traore on from the start. I want to see him use that pace. Let's see if we can actually change the dynamic of a game by scaring the opposition's back line and maybe force play back up the pitch that way rather than trying to recycle possession in a 10-yard strip in the middle. But, you know, we know the tactical approach of the manager. It's, it's very unlikely that he's going to radically rewrite his, his uh, script. So... I'd like to see a few changes, but I don't expect too many. Yeah, I think, I think, I think if you start making lots of changes, you end up just chasing your tail all the time. You know, <clears throat> if if Borough get a good result against Spurs, is that because you made the changes, or just because you just played better as a unit? You know, it, you so, I, 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 I do think there'll be one or two. I, I can see him making some sort of adjustment at the back, whether he whether he rests Ayala, drops Ayala, what, and brings in Espinosa, whether he brings in Chambers. Um, you know he's not going to mess about with the defensive midfield positions because it looks like Adam Clayton could be injured, so he hasn't got too many options there. 
I, but I, I do agree with Vic's point about giving the opposition more to worry about because you know best will in the world we didn't you know if you're if you're if you're the opposition if you're Everton and you look at the Middlesbrough team you think well Insuwe what's his track record as an attacking midfielder frankly he hasn't got one mm. since he came to England you know fair play he, he was a much improved player last season as a fullback but you know he's not going to frighten anybody let's put it that way Ramirez you know has had four years in England and most of most of which was underachievement now when saw in flashes he can be dynamic he can be dangerous he can, but again and if you've got Stuart Downing helping out further back which he's had to do you've suddenly got Negredo stood around waiting for long balls Absolutely. being punted in it's so easy to deal with that it must have been you know Jagielka uh, and Williams must have had the easiest of afternoons just waiting for those balls coming in um, so changes possibly but certainly in terms of approach there has to be a little bit, bit of an improvement it's Spurs, so I think we should consider Hamilton Rickard. <laughs> <laughs> and Massimo Macaroni. Yeah, yeah, definitely Massimo. Cheers, fellas, thank you. Cheers.